Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 22 of Coach Prep. That's awesome. I want to say thank you to our presenting sponsor, Cleat It Up FP. Cleat It Up is going to solve all your team communication needs. Obviously, we're spending most of our time talking to coaches in the Coach Prep segments, uh, but uh, for anybody who's involved with the game of fast pitch softball, we all know that we need to have communication. We need to communicate within the team within the organization. We need to share what's going on with our team and clean it up as the tool. It's neat, tidy, and uh, you know, all in one. All those issues for you with uh, kind of the one-stop shop for softball communication. You can contact them at cleatedup.com and uh, we keep getting feedback from listeners and uh, they are raving about what Clean It Up is doing for them. So cleatedup.com, free app, going to solve all your communication Gotta needs. Got to check it out, yeah. So, Don, the question today come to us from a couple of different coaches that are talking about this early season practicing versus early season playing. And the question is basically, what do we believe is the value of scrimmaging in practice or scrimmage games for practice and live batting practice that comes along with it? No, I think that's uh, interesting, Tori, because it's something that we can't predict is the weather, right? I mean, we're subject to whatever weather we, we fall upon and and it's different in every area. I think that the more live pitching that uh, the kids can see is going to be helpful You know, for when we get out to that tournament time. It's hard to replace. I mean, even front toss and stuff like that is good. The adrenaline, the excitement of pressure being on in a scrimmage setting and or in some type of uh, a live hitting segment, I don't think that can be replaced with just cuts. Right. And we've been doing that all winter, so the sooner we can get out out and really experience some live pitching, I think we're going to be you know, more fine-tuned and ready for that tournament time. Right. Well, to, to my way of thinking, it's a balancing act. Yeah. I think live batting practice is crucial. I think we need to see live pitching and have a real pitcher in something that simulates a real game yep. at, at certain points in time to get the uh, confidence level up and to get the experience level up because we can simulate hitting all we want but it does not replace the experience of getting into the batter's box and, and facing a real pitcher. The challenge, though, to my way of thinking again is that I think that in a lot of ways, scrimmaging can be a, a trap that we fall into. Because I think when we're scrimmaging or playing, and, and again, there's two different versions. Let's kind of clear that up. Number one is we're talking about inter-squad scrimmage where we're at practice and we're working with our team and we'll set something up where maybe three kids hit, and then we play defense with the rest. Right. Okay, That that's one type of scrimmage situation, which um, simulates real game, but has the ability for us to stop, teach, teach. Yep. You know, maybe you know, even if you wanted to stop the scrimmage and, and do some drills or, or do something, you know, set up you know, some simulations so that you can work on something that that scrimmage situation just exposed. So I'm so, thinking extra kids down in the uh, cage hitting as well. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and thinking about it from a travel ball, school ball situation, maybe a rec league situation where we only have a couple of extra kids, right. you know, I think we can still simulate game situations. But I think the one thing in those practices where we're doing scrimmage situations is that we want to use the fact that it's that got that flexibility. It's just our team. And so it gives us the opportunity of, let's say, you know, we're uh, 
you know, doing a scrimmage situation and something happens. Maybe, you know, the defense messes up uh, a rundown or the defense messes up a first and third or the uh, base runner does something, you know, improperly or, or makes a bad decision or whatever. We have that flexibility then to stop right then and there. Fix it. And fix it, work on it. And when I say fix it or work on it, I don't mean just explaining what we should have done, but maybe we, you know, stop the scrimmage for 10 minutes and we put kids on bases and we work on the base running that we just messed up. Let's just do that again. Right. Or if we messed up a rundown, instead of saying, well, you should have done this and you should have done this and you should have done this other thing, we stop right then and there and we spend 10 or 15 minutes working on rundowns to rectify what we've learned from what just happened in that scrimmage situation. And let them actually do it. Whereas if we were playing an outside team in a friendly, right. we wouldn't impose that on Right. You know, and so I think that, that, yeah. that, that's why I wanted to talk about the, the different options in what we're calling a scrimmage. So that within your team scrimmage that's going on in practice, to me, I like the flexibility that that presents us. I'm not a big fan of scrimmaging as a teaching tool if we're just going to talk about the mistakes that we see or just talk about the things that we need to correct. Because as we've already you know, done a whole episode of uh, coach prep on a couple weeks ago, explaining things is not the same as teaching them and, yeah. and talking about things is not the same as actually practicing them. So if something happens in that scrimmage situation, as long as we're taking the time to actually use the information and the opportunity yeah. to, to make real corrections and really practice things, then I think scrimmaging can have a, a real value. Good benefit, yeah. If we use it as similar to like a game day situation where a mistake gets made and we try to talk our way through it or explain our way through it, then I think we're missing the boat. No, I think you're exactly right, Tori. And, uh, you know, I don't think that that can be replaced. Yeah, you know, in, but I, but I think talk and, yeah, but I think in that situation, I think that the idea of scrimmaging in practice can be really beneficial. But as coaches, we just have to be flexible enough to look at it and say, okay, here's a teachable moment. Here's a chance for us to really work on something that this scrimmage situation is as exposed for us. Um, but I think there's other things that we can do, practice situations that can you know that can still give us live batting practice opportunities. And this is where you're saying the balancing act. Right. You know, it's it's we between weather, between what we've been able to do indoors, you know, what we're lacking. Right. You know, you gotta balance it out. Yeah, and, and part of the challenge is, you know, with uh live pitching and live batting practice is that it's not necessarily or scrimmages, it's not necessarily a, a, an efficient, efficient way yeah. to get stuff done because when you start to think about how doesn't it bat unfold you know, you might have six, eight, ten pitches before the ball's put in play. Or you get walked. Right. You got one cut. Yeah. And if yeah. you've got, you know, a limited number of pitchers, you know, then you start to get into issues of, well, how much can the pitchers pitch? We're wearing through them. And, and allow our hitters to still get some benefit from it. If you've got the typical travel team that's got two or three pitchers, a long session of scrimmaging slash live batting practice can put a real strain on those couple of kids. You know, if you've got a college program where you've got, you know, four or five, six kids on a pitching staff, you know, then you've got a little bit more flexibility. You can, you know, throw a little bit more and face a little bit more. But so, you know, there's options that I think that we can work on or, or use to help our hitters see live pitching, try to still keep control of how much our pitchers are really actually pitching. No, I think that's good for sure, Tori. And, you know, if you looked at a game scorebook, how many swings actually happen? Right. You know, that that's, that's, gets to be a challenge. But the timing needed, the confidence, the you know the different contact points for different pitch locations, all that stuff has to happen, in my opinion, you know, either on the go in a live setting or 
you know, as those early tournaments unfold, that's where we're getting some of that, that momentum as a hitter. Right. The idea of scrimmaging in practice has strengths and weaknesses, but we can also do some other things where we have pitchers pitching to hitters without necessarily having to play every ball out too. So, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, um, I've seen more and more of that I think is, is a really good idea is just kind of this hitter versus pitcher competition so that maybe we don't have to necessarily play every ball out, but we can have a pitcher, you know, doing her workout. And then, you know, the hitter maybe stands in and watches the first four or five pitches and then, you know, they, and they have an at bat. So those kinds of things too. So there's some, some options that you can build in. I really like that, Tori. And also too, I've encouraged, you know, our hitters to uh, offer to catch right. for pitchers. You know, I mean, the more you're getting to see that perspective and possibly learn a little bit of body language that equals a particular location or spin, you know, where, where their arm finishes might help them create a certain spin. And if we can recognize those things, I think we can be a much better hitter. And your catchers are going to love you if you offer to to go catch a bullpen, right? For you know, for your pitchers and that type of thing. So yeah, and and so as we're talking about just within a team practice kind of setting, you know, whether it's an inter squad scrimmage um, or a hitter versus pitcher, you know, there's other things too that I think from a coaching perspective we might want to consider if you have the connections, if you have you know friends that are involved in the game, you know, bringing in some guest pitchers, sure, you know, somebody from another team to maybe come in be part of that scrimmage situation or whatever with your team, you know, so they can get a little bit of extra work in and face some hitters um, so that it's not just your pitchers doing all the work. Because one of the things that's uh, another trade-off, if my pitchers are pitching to our hitters, then that limits how much time they get to spend as hitters. Sure. So, you know, maybe we uh, set up a deal with a, another team and uh, on Saturday we bring in a couple of their pitchers that want to get some extra work in, um, maybe a little bit higher level, maybe an age group up, uh, maybe uh, kids that uh, um, would challenge our hitters a little bit more with maybe a little bit more movement or a little bit more velocity and kind of spice things up by doing something like that. I was going to say, I like that idea. And each coach would know, you know, what, what their group is capable of. Right. So when you ask a, an older group or a more accomplished group to come and, and hang out, you would know what level you need to be searching for. Right. Yeah. Well, and no matter what, you know, things can be learned. But if I've got a relatively inexperienced hitter bringing in a pitcher who's going to totally dominate them, I think would be a little bit demoralizing. Yeah. But now if we had that dominating pitcher pitch maybe just one at bat to each hitter so that they could see what, what it's, it's really about. like yeah. without having to go O for the day and never make contact. Right. I think that would potentially have some benefit. And be exciting, right? Yeah. Encouraging. Yeah. A um, good friend of mine brings in, uh, he's got a, a 16 and under travel ball team. But he's uh, been doing it for a long time, so he's got some quote-unquote alumni. He had the idea, he and I had talked about the you know, ways to help his kids get prepared for a higher level of competition. O- early in the summer after uh, the college season was done, a couple of the kids were back home from school. We decided it would be a good idea for him to ask a couple of those pitchers to come out. Nice. What ended up happening is, of course, you know, some of his hitters you know, started off kind of intimidated because you know, you know, here's a pitcher I just saw on TV a couple of weeks ago right. you know, coming out to pitch. College kids were happy to do it because they have a hard time finding people to catch for them in the summer. Yep. So it gave her a chance to get in a workout, gave her a chance to pitch to some hitters. Um, it ended up being a win-win situation because you know the player who needed to get the work in in the circle got that done. I love it. The hitters got to be challenged, but they also started to gain a little bit of confidence because they started to figure out that even though she's good, she's, you know, they could still put the ball in play a little bit. You know, they weren't hitting rockets all over the ballpark. She's still you know, throwing it across right. the plate. And, and they all had one or two at bats, so it wasn't totally demoralizing. 
Well, and it might make their next challenge seem easy, right? Right. Yeah. If if, if you can, uh, you know, stare down a girl that uh, you know was just you know pitching in uh, the oh, conference TV. tournament or yep. the the college world series, and uh, not be totally intimidated by it at, at practice. But again, because it was a practice situation, because nobody was keeping score, I think the kids were more relaxed about it too. So the first part of the argument is you know this intra squad idea, what we can do in practice. Then I think you know the idea of scrimmaging and live BP has definite value. We just have to make sure that it's valuable for all our players so that we're not putting too much strain on our pitchers and that we're not uh, creating a situation where just start to treat it like a game and we miss out on the opportunities to learn and to teach and to break things down because we've seen something uh, from that scrimmage situation that really needs to be addressed. Now, the second part of the argument, though, is when we get together and we scrimmage another team. They call them friendlies. Yeah. Well, and whether you call it a scrimmage or you call it a friendly, you know, as soon as we bring another team into the equation, I think for us as coaches um, and for players, we kind of lose our minds a little bit because we don't necessarily see it as a practice opportunity. We see it too much as a competitive situation. Well, everybody wants to win, right? Right. And if somebody's going to say, oh, we, we scrimmaged them and we beat them. Right. Then that's kind of one of those, well, I don't want somebody saying that about me. Right. And so I think you know what ends up happening then is you know we're playing these scrimmage games, these you know friendly games, whatever they're supposed to be, and something happens. You know we we see a mistake, we see something that we need to work on, but we try to treat it like we would on game day. You know, we can't stop a game. You know, ask the umpire, hey, can you give us ten minutes while we work on rundowns or you know right. whatever it is. What I would challenge coaches to do if you're using scrimmage games with outside teams, let's set up some parameters at the beginning. Instead of treating it like just another softball game, let's start to think about some things that we can do to really make this a beneficial learning experience. Well, what about uh, you know starting with runners on base, starting right. with you know two strikes, starting yeah. with you know different scenarios. Yeah, well, ITB. And, yeah, and that was my you know first suggestion. We used to do something in the fall when I was coaching at Tennessee Tech that we call the scripted scrimmage. And I keep coming up with these things to say that are hard to say. Scripted <laughs> scrimmage. So a scripted scrimmage was basically we would let, map it out and have a different starting situation for every inning. Right. And then we would play Work innings. You know, we'd play one inning. We'd just start off with nobody on base, and we'd play. You know, starting with a runner at first, and runners at first and second, then bases loaded, then bases loaded with it's the winning run. You know, and then tiebreaker, and then you know all it. You know, every situation you could think of. What we would end up doing then is you know create situations automatically that put pressure on our defense and presented our hitters with different kinds of opportunities. You know, if, if we're setting it up that, uh, you know, we're going to start off with a runner at first, you know, then that's, you know, maybe a situation where we're going to be thinking about working on bunting, and, bunting. and, you know, hitting behind the runner and, you know, hit and run and those kinds of things. You're starting off in that tiebreaker situation, you start to think about, okay, how, how are we going to get this run in? Right. You know, so then you're working on bunting and hitting, you know, specifically uh, to try to get a certain job done. And that way they can see it and feel it and work through it in their mind too, rather than when it first happens in a big tournament. Right. But so let's say we set up the scripted scrimmage and the very first time we set up first and third or runner at first or whatever it is, our team's on defense and we screw something up. Let's set it up with the coach in advance that we're going to stop right now and both teams are going to work on this together to make sure we're both better at it. Because if we screwed it up, you might screw it up too. If we've got that kind of relationship, I think that's perfect. Right, and, and yeah. trying to set those kinds of... Uh, Expectations uh, of the day. Uh, in the, up in the yeah. beginning. You know, so instead of turning it into this ultra-competitive, you know, we've got to win this scrimmage game or we've got to win this friendly game, 
You know, that it really is meant to be a friendly opportunity for us to help each other get better. Instead of having 12 kids, we've got 24 kids there that right. day. Right. That... And then the same thing. So then they're on offense and, you know, they've got a runner at second in a tiebreaker situation. Three hitters in a row can't get a bunt down. Well, okay, right. so let's stop right now and let's have everybody work on bunting together. Let's, you know, however we're going to set it up, you know, with uh, you know, some bunting and... drills and some, some other things to, you know, help them work on that a little bit more. And we're we're just helping the kids. We're not, you know, sharing right. top secret. Yeah, no, we're, it's it's not like we're going to say, okay, here's our super secret, you know, first and third player or whatever it is. Yeah. Even though there's really no secrets anyhow, because it's not that that kind of a game. Throw it and um, catch it, and don't yeah. make mistakes. But I think if we're doing those kinds of things in that uh, friendly slash scrimmage situation, then I think that's a really good idea. But here's what I see happening all the time: and kids come back to lessons and tell me that they played a scrimmage game. And so, so what you guys learn? Well, we you know we just we beat them three to two. Well, what'd you work on? Oh, we just played a game. To me, I think that's a lost opportunity because you know we're we're thinking about what's the best way for us to get our kids as much experience as possible. Instead of going out there and playing a seven inning game, let's play a seven inning game or a fourteen inning game or a five inning game or whatever it is that doesn't necessarily have to be about the score. Let's think about it as a, a chance to work on the things that we really need to work on. And if getting you know chances to see pitches and getting some more live batting practice or more opportunities for our hitters to compete with a pitcher in a in a situation you know maybe we start to set up you know situations that turn the game over a little bit faster maybe as you said it starts off it's a full count every time right yeah if we've got a team that struggles with you know you know being able to you know to stay aggressive you know maybe it starts off with a 2-0 count every time you know maybe you know we we think of whatever our team needs to work on and we set up that situation and we can get together with the other coach and say, okay, what are some things that you know you really need to work on with your team? And if it's, um, you know, too many of my kids are, you know, if we're talking about the youngest of all players, too many of our players are afraid they're going to get hit by pitches. Right. Well, then we set it up that we make sure that our pitcher who pitches to them the first time through is our most consistent, never hits anybody pitcher. Give them a little chance to get some So, that, so they comfort. can gain some confidence. We really stink at hitting the, the change up. You know, we're pretty good if they throw hard, but as soon as we, you know, we get that kid that's got a really good changeup, well, then our job is that, you know, first you know, inning, first time through the order, we put in our very best changeup pitcher. So yep. they get to work on, on that. You're not giving anything away by, you know, having that kind of a relationship because ultimately any coach who's knowledgeable at all is going to figure out, wait a second, these kids can't hit the changeup. These kids can't sure. hit the low pitch. They can't hit the outside pitch, whatever it is. So let's just admit that that's something that we really want to work on. And from a batting practice perspective, let's try to do the things that we need, make it as efficient as possible to get as much out of it as we can. No, I think that's great, Tori. And again, being creative like this, I think, is going to keep the game fresh for the kids, keep practice fresh, um, let them be excited about, hey, you know, what are they going to have us do today? Right. Well, and the the other reason why I thought this was worth uh, discussing is because uh, again, as these kids come in for lessons and they're talking about their weekend, say, so what's you know what's on the schedule this weekend? Oh, we're playing a friendly. Oh, we're playing a scrimmage game. Oh, we need to practice, but our coach doesn't know how to have a good practice, so we got to have a scrimmage game instead. That's just kind of a red flag to me. You know, when if the kids aren't excited about what's going to be happening in these friendly slash scrimmage games, if it's not as exciting to them as playing in a qualifying tournament, then we're probably doing something wrong with how we're how we're managing these. Right, and so as you mentioned, if uh, we can keep it fresh because they come in knowing, hey, we're really working on something today. We're really going to get something done. Um, you know, this other team is helping us get better. 
you know, and, and again, depending upon your situation, if you're in a organization that's got multiple teams of the same age group, then it's a perfect situation. Kind of built in, yeah. you know, because then you can, you know, see it as a way to help the organization get better and help all the teams improve. Absolutely. If you're bringing in a team, you know, if you're not in an organization or um, you know, it's not that kind of a situation. You bring in a team that could potentially be a competitor on down the road. You know, we we talked with uh, Coach Whitlock on our hundredth episode about uh, the the rivalry that we had between UW Parkside and Kennesaw State back in the '90s, and how, in spite of the fact that we were fighting for the same thing and chasing after the same thing, that those kids became friends and and friendly rivals and yeah. willing to help each other. And so I think that there's a lot to be gained from that. And then we're still here today. Absolutely. This is it. And, and, and I'm still eating crow because uh, never won that national championship. You, but, you've won your share. But that, that's okay. So, <laughs> yeah. but so coaches, live batting practice, scrimmage situations, I think we've, we've kind of hit the nail on the head. We need to give our kids, we need to give our hitters opportunities to see live pitching. We need to be creative, though, in how we do that. One, to make sure that we're not wearing out our pitchers. Two, to make sure that we're focusing on the things that our hitters really need to focus on and that we're giving them enough opportunities to learn. We have to avoid falling into the trap of treating a scrimmage like a game versus a scrimmage as an opportunity to really work on all the things that we're learning while we're out there playing those scrimmage games. Keep it as a learning tool. Yeah. So so be creative, be open-minded, but start to think about ways to get as much out of those opportunities as you possibly can. Get your kids some swings but also give your team a chance to learn from every opportunity. So we're working on signals and stuff too. And, uh, absolutely. And working on their, yeah, if they've got their, uh, you know, signal cards, whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah, and, and all those things can be built in, you know, like we said before. You know, when you're out there playing in a game, it's going to expose things that need to be worked on. You know, and base if it's, coaches, yeah. yeah. And if it's a situation like this where it's an intra-squad scrimmage or a friendly that's truly friendly where we're there to help each other get better, you know, then I think that gives us a lot of chances to, to really get the most out of it. A not-so-friendly, right? Yeah, and if we're, <laughs> if we're showing up to play in a friendly but it's not friendly because we just want to beat somebody's butt, then let's not call it a friendly. Let's just call it a game. It's a game, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Don, anything else about Live BP? No, I'm excited for uh, for the season to get here and excited for all these kids to get out there and show all the work they've done through the winter. Absolutely. And if you've got any other ideas, uh, suggestions, things that you think would be helpful in uh, allowing your kids to get the at-bats that they need without creating a bad environment for somebody else, we'd love to hear about it because, um, uh, as always, we're looking to share our knowledge but looking to pick up knowledge from other people out there in the softball community. So uh, for Coach Don McKinley, this is Coach Tori Atchison in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio. Saying thanks for listening to episode number 22. Check out completedup.com. Let us know how much you love working with Completed Up FP. So, Don, anything else? No, nope, looking forward to a good week, Tori. Thank you. Thank you.